2: We will now turn our attention <laughs> to the, the box office of the film. And famously, everyone says it was a complete flop, which is a slight myth. It's So it's £7 million to produce, which is the same budget as Little Let Die. I've, I've been told, though, the, unlike, you know, buy another day and all that, the promotion is was really poor. <laughs> apparently. There's no tie-in, no tie-in products other than, yeah, the golden gun, if you look at it, the toy of the golden gun. It's just a gold pistol. It's not it's not the golden oh, gun. Oh that's it's like so gold, cool. gold is that? fingers, gold pistol. Or? Yeah, yeah. Just rubbish. So that was it. I'll tell you what so Brian I like,
3: criticised. I want a um, knick knack's gun from the boxing match. I'd buy that as well. Oh. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. more
4: your size, actually, Harry. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't that's be surprised that if um, that that gun is in the Predators collection from Predator 2. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Chris, are you looking up? Can you buy a a water pistol? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, 7 million, it grossed just under 98 million. I mean, if that was any other franchise, it's a joke, isn't it? It's a massive profit. But uh, Live and Let Die was 162 million, so it is quite a lot, quite a a downturn, Uh, especially in America, where it didn't do anything like as well.
5: Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because Live and Let Die is set in America?
2: Probably. That's, That's not thought about that.
5: And so it was more. Uh, it was of, a year
2: after, wasn't it? But we, it was the only gave, year after, maybe. They gave them Pepper. They gave them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, they gave they them a brilliant film as well. <laughs> <laughs> Inflation, it, 423 million. I mean, it's not bad, is it? Inflation. That's what it would be today. It's pretty. It no? okay. be, it's, a, it's a serious jump from a success. Yeah, season. yeah. Like Skyfall to Spectre. Underrated. So, mm,
4: there was a drop, wasn't there? Yeah, but yeah. I think that's mainly drops. because Skyfall did so yeah, of course. well.
6: Yeah. yeah, and repeat views. That's definitely a theory I've got is that a Bond film's takings are not directly correspondent to the previous film, but a big part of it has got to be that. So if the last film's not very popular with the public, then I think it does have a knock-on effect for your casual viewers who will think, didn't really like the last one, maybe not going to go and see this one. But yeah, people at yeah. us will see them regardless, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. You'll get them, the
2: hardcore that will the always core, go, yeah. so it'll always be profitable, it's just, can you get absolutely massive? And the ones that that are are the ones where people go and see it with the woman It's like we, you know, Skyfall. They said taking friends and going back again and again. Yeah, adjusted for inflation, it would be the third lowest. Mm-hmm. And do you know which ones? are The only two below them are two of the best films ever made. Unfortunately, both
6: Dalton, yeah. don't
2: they? No, Honor One of, of them. One of them is Dalton. License to Kill and Honor Majesty's, Is, is it? No, License to Kill is the worst. Yeah. Forever? Forever? A no. View to a
5: Kill. A View second to uh, world, view no. a Kill, yeah.
2: <sighs> Outrageous, isn't it? Oh, that was a massive film. Oh, well, yeah. I, mean, it's, I, I Again, I an I 80s I iconic film, isn't it? There's no, yeah. It still yeah. did well.
4: There are very few people you'd walk up, up to up to on the street, maybe yeah. of the age 30 or over, who wouldn't know things about A View to a Kill. They might not yeah. know that it's from A View to a Kill, but there are, you know, Mayday, maybe Zorin, mm. Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, yeah. The, song. Tunes, the song. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
7: So until I was eighteen, I and I got I only knew Christopher Walken as Max Zorin. I would never know Christopher Walken as this actor. Until yeah, I yeah. Watched, Until I watched <laughs> Batman Returns, and I was like, "Oh, it's yeah. him! It's Max Zorin." Yeah, and then yeah. I realised that actually this is a
2: massive actor. Yeah, lies,
7: and so yeah. yeah. Going, that's yeah. what I know him from, and, and I think that, I think that's, that's
2: probably the same as me. Critically, Rotten Tomatoes it gets forty-one percent. Mental. What? What pathetic. Baby, can you remind me, any other viewers, what that means? What does that mean? Is it anything under sixty for some reason? Not under fifty is rotten.
6: Is, is decided. There's and it? it's not meant to be that good.
3: But there's something that says fresh or.
6: Fresh is sixty percent and over. Well, I was just going to say, with rotten tomatoes, you don't actually get to choose if it's fresh or rotten. They choose it for you. So when yes. you submit a review. Yeah. I've written positive ones before, which I thought were quite positive, and then I've looked up and they've decided it was a negative for me. So it's based on um, the critics, critic's views? It's based on the person at Rotten Tomatoes, what they think of the critic's views. So The critics, sorry, because Stephen obviously has written oh, right. okay. so views for. right, okay. Yeah. So when I would submit something to Rotten Tomatoes before, there's like a, a sort of separate website you go on and it's a separate portal. You don't put the review in, you just put, you add your link to the review. So when it gets published on the website, and then they will take a chunk of your review and put it as the little blurb bit and then they will put Eww. fresh or rotten. And there was a few times I emailed them and said, well, hold on. I-, I would have said that's positive. I've given it three out of five. I've been mostly positive, but you've put a negative on it. Yeah. And it- it's their choice. They they really stick to what they think. That was my experience anyway.
3: That's bad.
7: No, I <laughs> think that's was- bad <laughs> as
6: well because you'd say three out of five statistically 60%. Which yeah, be yeah. Because with Iron Man two, d- uh, so Iron Man three, I for some reason, we got an early press screening of it in Scotland, and my review was one of the first ones on Rotten Tomatoes. Since been deleted, and I gave it a negative. <laughs> I gave it a sort of mixed review, and they put it down as rotten. Is that four the Shane Black one? one, or is that the second yeah. one? Yeah. Yes, yeah. shame. Yeah. Back one, yeah, third one. Four hours after it was published on Rotten Tomato, I had five threats in my DM box and Twitter. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's more wow. Marvel, isn't it? And uh, <clears throat> some some guy retweeted it, and um, it was uh, oh man, it was it was quite funny. Some guy had. had Retweeted my picture to all his followers. This is the guy. Yeah. Let's let's make him feel what he made us feel. A little bit ridiculous, isn't it? It's <laughs> yeah, quite funny. Though, my my wife made a plaque. My wife made a plaque. About saying, let's let's get <laughs> <it."> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> on. Man. Do you dear? Presumably, they haven't yeah. seen the film though. At that point, no, no one no. has because we yeah. got, we got an early screen yeah. of it. So
2: there's a thing at the moment, isn't it? Going well? Is it Wonder Woman, the latest one? that everyone's up in arms that the early reviews were brilliant and then suddenly it's gone down mm. a bit like the old presidential election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah stop the count stop the count same joke <laughs> uh, I don't think there were many death threats for the 41% of uh, well, the man I, of I, might be, films. I might be oh, starting there are only six bomb films rated rotten so that's a pretty good record isn't it out of 24 mm. trying to, you do the math that's
3: yeah one-sixth. No, one-quarter.
2: One, quarter Yeah. Quarter. Three-quarters are good. Yeah, it's good, that. It's second bottom, though, of the Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. The second worst. i have not sure which is worse on that. It's probably, probably a view to a kill these days, isn't it? So, the, on the website, this is based on critics' reviews like yours, Stephen. Not, not yours personally, this. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> it says, A middling Bond film... The man with the golden gun suffers from double entendre related dialogue, a noteworthy lack of gadgets. You know, now they'd be cheering and hollering, wouldn't they? The critic and a, and a villain that overshadows 007. So, what your villain's too good? What? Well, is he not? <laughs> he's not been to you not know? yeah. yeah, so,
4: um, Like girls, yeah. is he not like girls? <laughs> <guys, are you? laughs>
2: uh, Metacritic, which is similar again, 43,
6: shocking.
3: And, and what's
6: no this again? Can you, can you explain well? what Metacritic is? Stephen? I've, I've never been a part of that one, I'm afraid, sorry. <laughs> but it's based on critics' reviews, is it? Yeah, again, I think they decide,
2: of all the critics' reviews at the time, which are good, which are bad, and then do a percentage of which are good. So 43%. But the average user score is on Metacritic for the the users, sorry, sorry, uh, sorry, <laughs> 6.2, which is higher. The last one, I promise. <laughs> no, 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 no. On IMDb, it's 10th, 10th best. It's got 6.8. Whoa. So that's that's in line that's with users, my ranking. So, yeah. That's just casual fun. Yeah. Equal with Live That Die and Spectre. And listen to this. That means on IMDb, it's above On A Majesty's Secret Service <laughs> and all the 1980s films. <laughs> I mean, we know it's great, but come on, <laughs>
8: <laughs>
2: some of the some of the reviews at the time, The Guardian, he thought he said the script is the limpest of the lot. Roger Moore's 007 is the last man on earth to make it sound better than it is.
4: I don't know. I can't. That's well, quite that's, a complicated sentence. I don't understand that sentence. Really? Well, the, last he, man? the
2: script he's is so, so bad, script, yeah. and he's pathetic at trying to make right. something good of it. Right. Okay. Yeah.
4: Thank you. Steve <laughs> May. Strong and then words. He, he went
2: on to you. say, you know, Christopher Lee makes a goodish villain. Britt and a passable Good night. Up to scratch production values. The film is otherwise merely a potboiler. Maybe enough's enough.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so depressing.
2: Right. Back it in, lads. <laughs> well, yeah. Not making uh, the Observer. Th- this series, which has been scraping the bottom of the barrel for some time, is now through the bottom. With depressing <laughs> borrowings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Borrowing from Hong Kong kung fu movies. Not to mention the even more depressing echoes of the carry-on smut.
5: What's an next uh, one? Shit sandwich. Yeah.
2: <laughs> the Times dismissed Moore's performance, saying he substituting non-acting for Connery's throwaway. Quite complicated. Britt Eklund was his beautiful idiot sidekick, <laughs> the least appealing of the Bond heroines. <laughs> Ken Adam has been replaced by decorators of competence, but little of his flair. I'm going to struggle to sleep, lads, tonight. If you (laughs) get their prayer. Um, The The New York Times said it suffered from poverty of invention and excitement. Criticized the writing, Moore's performance. Only positives were Villachers and Lee. Um, (laughs) Time magazine (laughs) said the gadgets were over-tricky, uninspired. They're these exercises. (laughs) 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 They show the strain of stretching fantasy well past wit. What? Yeah. Uh, nonsense. Fucking critics.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Who'd be wants to? Yeah, the time also said that Moore lacks all Connery's strength and has several deep deficiencies, while Christopher Lee was an unusually unimpressive villain.
3: Oh. They've lost the plot. <clears throat> what were they saying, in a nutshell, what were they saying about Moore's turn in Live and Let Die? Have they not got this all out of the system, or is this... Yeah, I guess like, it's as if
2: it's a new take.
4: It's... Yeah. It is, I'm not in any way supporting what's been said there, but obviously we've seen this film, you know, I didn't know it was his second film. I I never watched it. We didn't watch yeah. it chronologically. So obviously it's quite a big deal that there's there's now this new guy playing Bond more than once. And obviously he's not quite, probably at this point, connected completely with, mm. with, with the audience, yeah. with critics. So it's, it's hard to separate yeah. that for me because I just see it as Roger Moore, but slightly... Harsher, Roger Moore. Bob. Well, this is what I admire
3: about it. In terms of, it's only a second outing. It's not playing it safe at all. There's so many big ideas in this film, and so many big set pieces. And Moore, you know, is doing his own thing. I know there's you know the whole elements of Connery, but I think if they were to to make it in today's climate, that you know they play it safe so that it's small and, and you know yeah. un, un, unspectacular. You can't it's say to that be about serious. It.
6: Yeah, absolutely. The mirror. It's weird when you stop and think that this was the first film in, I don't know how many years off the top of my head, but it was the first film in, say, whatever, since You Only Live Twice, where you have the same actor playing Bond twice in a row. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because You Only Live Twice, Connery, then On Her Majesty's Lazenby, then Diamonds Back to Connery, then Live and Let Die Moore. It's been such a shuffle in in that time spell. So I wonder if that was quite weird for audiences having yeah. having that yeah. sort of bit of and I, wonder That's if they, true, yeah.
3: I wonder if they thought audiences thought they had they had some power over over the casting in terms of if we do enough negativity. Yeah. You know, yeah. We can you can we yeah. got rid of lazy uh, we, Yeah.
2: We'll try and get Connery back again. Or,
3: <laughs> yeah. Or let's try another. Let's just keep trying lots.
2: Let's not. <laughs> no, Joe. Yeah, the mirror okay. newspapers, both of them, lights uh, the
6: the lights. Sorry, no, go and go see that sounded interesting. <laughs> I was just going to say you can't really underestimate the the what Moore has done for the franchise I mean yeah as, as much as as much as Goldeneye saved Bond, Moore saved Bond, I would say more than anyone because he was the first person to prove that you could live past Connery
8: yeah as, absolutely
6: as, as good as Lazenby is or as solid as he is or, or as good as that film is, there wasn't a massive huge demand for Moore at that stage from what from what I've read. It's become a sort of critical film now. It's been reappraised and we all love it now. At the time, there was obviously problems because they brought Connery back. Moore had been terrible. If Moore had failed, if Moore hadn't been able to pull Bond off, the franchise might have died then and there, and there would have been no room for Goldeneye or Casino Royale or whatever films to Mm. save it. It was Moore that proved it's got legs.
8: Mm. Yeah,
6: Yeah. and it Mm. isn't a franchise that
2: would end with Sean Connery.
6: Yeah. Yeah, that is when you stop and think about it, that must have been near impossible. How do you follow Sean Connery? Because back then, it's easy for us to think about now. We've grown up with three bonds and we all love Dalton and whoever. It's it's like Man United appointing another Alex Ferguson. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it is. That's exactly what it's like. (laughs) How do you follow up? And I've seen multiple interviews with with Dalton where he said, I would not have wanted to follow Connery.
8: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
6: How do you? You don't. So, in a way, all the things that you can see, particularly in this film with Moore, like with his huge cigars, and it might have been a good idea for them to just change things up ever so slightly. You know, instead of cigarettes, he smokes cigars, and maybe don't have him mm. saying the phrase all the time. Not drinking vodka martinis, or, or, or you know, there's I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's a lot of little things that Moore did to differentiate himself, and that's what they maybe had to do.
2: Yeah, no, he's, he deserves great credit. These these were reviews at the time, of course, and like you say, you, you now you look at more and in the round, don't you? And maybe this one sticks out because of his performance and the characterization of Bond uh, more than the others.
6: Well, he did, It sort of catch up as well, though, weren't they? Audiences never like that. Wasn't that yeah, one of the big yeah. problems with the Dot the era? Was everyone was still in love with Moore? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
2: yeah. a bit of a, the third one would have sealed it though. I keep saying. Yeah. There seems to be a bit
7: of a retrospective difference of opinion. So, like, I remember when say, Pierce Brosnan was Bond; it was really well renowned. Brosnan yeah. was well popular, yeah. Oh, by, yeah, by, like, yeah, everyone, universally. Loved him, pretty, then all of a sudden, the minute Brosnan stops being bombed, yeah, you know, he's not that good. And yeah, it's like this yeah, change yeah, of opinion, so from, annoying. short memory. And, yeah. it's a, and, it, and it switches with Dalton, like Dalton now retrospectively. Every, oh, he's brilliant, he's brilliant,
8: but it takes yeah, Daniel
7: Craig to everybody think that he was brilliant. It's like the first time I watched him, you could tell that guy was bombed.
8: Yeah. And it's yeah. like,
7: you know, the, and and I think Roger Moore, I think I don't I want to, I want this to be sound right, but I think since he <clears> passed <throat> away, critics have been a lot more um I don't want to say a lot nicer in what they say about him. It's always about, yeah, he's charming, but it was very rarely about his acting. It was always this sniper he can't act very well. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair. It's really yeah. not fair mm-hmm. because he brings his own thing to it. I don't think this is the best example of a film that gives a Roger Moore style Mm. to it. I'll say that it does clash a bit for me, but he brings so so much to this franchise. And the other great thing about it is, it he loved it from day one, and he loved it till he finished. He, you know, he embraced being James
2: Bond, and what more? Till he died. Till he died. So proud of it. His legacy. Pretty moving stuff. It is. Yeah. he did get some positive praise. Um, the Daily Mirror, <laughs> they sort of compared him to Connery. They said what, what he used to achieve with a touch of sardonic sadism. Roger Moore conveys with roguish schoolboy charm and the odd dry quip. It's that different approach that you need to be given credit for, because it must have been difficult, like I say. The, the Sunday Mirror said that it's not the best Bond ever, but they found it remarkable that Saltzman and Broccoli can still produce such slick and inventive entertainment. And opinions remained pretty similar, hasn't it? I think, yeah. I, I think it it's, un-
3: it's unlikely to experience much of a, a you know, people aren't going revi- to revise it and totally change their
5: minds on it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they will listen to this episode.
2: Oh, they will, yes, <laughs> correct? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it, it's got the same trouble as Octopus, I think, in many respects. People look to the easy disses, you know, the clown, so then, yeah. right, the whole film's a joke. And with this, you know, Good Night or whatever, silly and knickknack silly. The, the whistle, you know, Bond fans and stuff, and it's like the Kung yeah. Fu. Okay, there's a lot you can take aim at, J.W. Pepper. <laughs> I mean, we're, list- we're listing a lot of things. We're listing point, things that were popular. Are
4: that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, they were popular, these things.
3: Yeah, and it's easier to, to point these things out and notice these things than to talk openly about how good the good bits are.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You don't hear people going on about, for instance, we've said about it tonight, that final jewel and the no. the Hall
3: of Mirrors and Scaramanga's final look. You know, you don't. The music. The because music Yes, because, because you get used to, you know, the high standards of John Barry, this one isn't regarded as one of his best, which I understand to, to some degree. Yeah. But it is an astonishingly brilliant soundtrack that is memorable and used throughout the film so, so well, really that just by comparison to the rest of his work, perhaps it's not, but it's not a weak score. It's a a very, very memorable one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. is. It works well within the film. (laughs) Entertainment Weekly, they argued Scaramanga is the best villain of the Roger Moore era, but Goodnight is among the worst Bond girls. Which is probably... That's probably what most people think, isn't it?
4: That's not a ridiculously unfair assessment. No, it's not, no.
3: But the problem with that, sorry to speak again, the problem with... Highlighting, you know, the faults of Goodnight is that no one therefore thinks to mention Miss Anders. Just yeah. about to say, absolutely, they would never list her as one of the best
2: bungles. No, no one would ever would. And Alex
3: about yeah. Goodnight
5: because, uh, yeah, I think her performance is is good and is always entertaining. But she's uh, the problem with her is just how she's written. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, it's that typical kind of bond where they try and give her a bit of a character trying to offer some agency and then the next scene, <laughs> pull it right off. Yeah. Her. She's not going to sleep with Bond. Next, Literally, the next scene, there she is. Say, you know, I'm weak. Yeah. And it's just it's those kind of things, you know, like her being pretty good at actually...
2: Complicated characters. Sp- yeah, exactly. And I, think,
5: I, I think, yeah, I think she is more, com- more of a complex character than she's <laughs> given credit for. Because she is, because she is. She's yeah. contradictory and I think that's... Yeah. Maybe she not. Has weaknesses,
3: she? She, yeah,
5: yeah. That she sometimes she can be ditzy, but also sometimes she's 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 on the ball when Bond arrives on, on the island. She's all like, you know, with the, obviously trying to tell him about the mushroom. You know, she's she's trying. She's still good at her job. You yeah. know, but she's just undermined by the writing in uh which is a shame.
2: The Times put Scaramanga as the fifth best Bond villain. It would probably uh, most people would have in the top five I would have thought. I mean, e- Britt Eckman is also gets praise from. <laughs> From Maxim for, 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 for <laughs> fourth top Bond babe. So there is some.
4: Does Maxim <laughs> still exist?
2: I don't know. Actually, no, I've never heard of it. that for a while. He's very t- naughty, lad. Lads magazine. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: very much so. <laughs> nuts! Give <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah. him review. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> Let's have some of the good five, reviews. Five star
2: from Nuts yeah. <laughs> TV Quick Magazine yeah, yeah. 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 Weekly. <laughs> Clever yeah. papers. Oops, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, well, that's all I've got, Lance. Now, now it's just time. I think Our overall... the two big, the two big questions. Yeah, your overall thoughts on the film and where you'd place it within the series. I mean, I've got, I've got your stats with you. I don't. I'm yeah. not sure. I've got yours, Stephen. <laughs> not that they mean the world. It doesn't mean the answer is changeable. And obviously, after talking about it for hours, you either hate it now or. Um, <laughs> sick to death of it even if you loved it I
3: think of those it, people who've been listening for hours
2: yeah well I'll start with John because you look
7: the most tired go on John what I'll say is, is that I've really really enjoyed this podcast is that I, I, I found this a really fun experience I still feel there's, there's problems with it as a film I do feel that I don't hate the film by any stretch I think there's good elements in it the main two good elements for me are Christopher Lee and uh, Maud Adams, I think they are sensational, great performances. I put it in one of those films, there's three films that I I don't really like in the Bond series, and then the next two films up, uh, I don't think they're good films, but I enjoy them, and I put this in that set as well. I think on my rankings, I had it at 21. Yeah, i have got it I probably move it to 20. I think, looking at it, I can't think of a performance like Christopher Lee or Maude Adams in Diamonds Are Forever. And therefore, I would probably say that I will move Golden Gun to 20. Really enjoyed it. Great parts of it. There's things i changed that I've talked about there. That's probably my thoughts on it.
2: And your bottom three is probably everybody's the same bottom three that were a view to a trill. Sorry, sorry, yeah, view to a yeah, trill. We still say yeah. It was the view to a trill bottom three. Yeah, yeah. Spectre, Die of the Day, Quantum. Yeah. Stephen, I don't have all your stats to, to date here. Um, you don't have to remember them, but just in terms of the film, obviously we got you
6: on this one, especially because you,
2: you're one of the few people who seem to like it.
6: <laughs> I do like it. I think I said at the start that um, one of the most surprising things for me about Coming across Bond Twitter was how much hate there was for this film because growing up I'd always loved it and I just assumed it was one of the one of the popular ones. But you definitely, as um, to Trill's excellent poll suggests, it's it's one of the least popular now. There's no way we can deny it. Was it 856 fans voted? Yeah, yeah. Like that? yeah, yeah. And it was what fourth bottom, fifth bottom? So it was yeah, quite it low was winning, so. fifth bottom. It was twentieth. Yeah. We really can't deny the fact that it's one of the least popular now. It's it's fact. So I think talking about it with with you guys has solidified that I think it's a film of ups and downs, of highs and lows. There's there's a lot of flaws and a lot of things that stand out for me as as being, you know, poor writing or lazy script or a mistake here, an error here, all these things. In the grand scheme of things, though, it ticks enough in my personal boxes that I still love it, the Barry score, the, the car jump. And I can't really hate a film as Christopher Lee as, in, as the villain. I, th- I think whenever we all do, and I'm sure you guys will be the same when you do your Bond rankings, you have maybe your top three or five is solidified and your bottom three solidified and then there's yeah. a lot of juggling about in the middle. Yeah. I have an area that The Man with the Golden Gun, I was never really sure if I liked it more than, say, A View to a Kill or Thunderball. They're the films that it's around for me. I would probably put it behind A View to a Kill now because for me, A View to a Kill is just a better film. It's better directed by John Glenn, better score. Zorin's maybe not quite as good as Scaramanga, but they both talk to your villains. And Roger's older and a view to a kill. After talking with you guys, there's you can't really deny all the faults and the flaws of the man with the golden gun. But I like it despite them. I wouldn't. I think that's the thing. There are certain Bond films where when someone mentions a flaw, in it and I think,
8: nah,
6: I don't really see that, or I don't agree with that, or what are you talking about, or. If someone's slagging off Licence to kill, you know. I, I, I want to report them instantly, fight you. <laughs> but with the man with the golden gun, when people are criticizing it, a lot of the time I just kind of nod and think, Yeah, you're, you're right, that is that is a bit rubbish, or Yeah, that's that's bad. Work. But there's so much to like about it. There's so many great lines, and Christopher Lee and the locations. And yeah, I'm, I'm still a fan. It's it's currently ninth on my ranking. Oh, good. I don't want to say funny feeling that backfired having you on the show and it's gone down in your ranking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys are the same. I tend to find that films go up and down all the time. Yeah, you of course. watch them And then it goes up and it goes down. But it's it's one I'm still fond of. I mean, I'm fond of like, I would say, 12 of the Bond films I'm really fond of. And I like most of them. Sure. Um, it's It's got that special place for me. Whenever you hear the... Mm. And then the Lulu kicks <sighs> in. Instantly in the mood to watch it. Yeah. Every time.
4: Where did I rank this? Probably just above the relegation zone. Mm. Stayed up mm. with a game to spare, possibly, or had to had to get a draw on the last day. Is that is that? I think you've got it, seventeenth. Oh I right, think... oh yeah. <laughs> you worry about next season, though, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really do have to invest, and maybe the change at the top is required. No, no. I think uh, it's really hard. It's kind of similar to what Stephen and John have said. I, I I can see the flaws. I can't argue against them, but I I find it really enjoyable to watch. It's one that you can stick on, and you can enjoy watching it on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, I think there are some really strong points about it that get missed, like you've said. You know, amongst the bad things, but. Scaramanga is so much more of a plus point than like Hip is a negative point or Hip's Nieces or Sheriff J.W. Pepper which you know I actually I don't mind but I find it you know it's quite of its time or all those things I'm, I'm someone who's not as much of a fan of Casino Royale and we're going to be um, talking about it soon and you know I can respect what it's done and I can I can totally see that that is a I you know that's a, objectively a better film than this but I think That's one that's quite difficult to put on on a Sunday afternoon because it's quite intense and, and everything. And also, I think that film, for me, one of my big problems with it is that it doesn't have a villain, a main villain. Sorry, it has like villains, but it doesn't have a main villain. Whereas this film has a clear main villain from start to finish and who you can't wait for Bond to have a duel with. And when it comes, it's brilliant. So... I don't think it can just be sort of sidelined, this film. I think that the really good points need to be respected. It's never going to be one of my absolute favourites, but it's one I really enjoy watching and I've really enjoyed talking about it. And I think it's, it's great points should be praised more.
5: Yeah, I, I, I agree with, with Stephen. I think this is, this is one of my, as a kid, this is one of my favourites to, to watch because it was one of the most fun. And it showed the tone is a little bit all over the place, but there's so much to like. I love the song. I love John Barry's score. I love Christopher Lee. He's such a great villain. I love the idea of this like mirror image of Bond that's kind of the bad version of him kind of thing. I, I think that it feels exotic, you know, going to Thailand and that. And, 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 uh, it has. It is silly in places, but then there are moments where it gets dark and and you're dealing with assassins and, and Bond is not always likable. I don't think he should always be likable. I think that that Roger Moore actually, you can see him getting much more comfortable in the role. I think he's 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 sort of finding the balance. I just think that it just doesn't gel. That's that's, that's probably why I probably put it lower in my list. It has great dialogue, great scenes. There's so much going for it, but overall, as 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 a, as a film, it just doesn't work for me. Um, but but I, I still love it. I still enjoy it. And I think it's. I think. I, I think some of the criticism I can understand, but the vitriol over certain issues, certain choices, I don't understand because this is a Bond film. This isn't you know high art. You know it can't. You know Bond films are allowed to be silly and ridiculous and. You know, you, you're allowed to not like some things. You're allowed to like something. I just think that, yeah, I I I love it. and I, I, But it's not... I, this is the problem with Bond films. I, I love it, but I love other films more. <laughs> it's like yeah, trying yeah, to choose yeah. your own children. It is, and, and, that, and that's why it's further down the list, because there are other films that I would go back to, other films that I think have better filmmaking, that work better... You know, and, and just as a, a standalone film are oh, better. It doesn't mean that I can't love this as as, as much as those. And again, you put that on and I'm, yeah. I'm hooked and I'll watch it right to the end. Because I know that after one scene after another, there's another great scene, another great moment, a set piece, a bit of dialogue, a set, you know, an action scene, that kind of thing. So for, yeah, thumbs up.
2: I think it suffers at the moment because we're in an age of, an in inverted commas, a very serious portrayal of Bond. Looking back on Dalton, who's getting a lot more positive reviews, and Connery's uh, Sean Connery's, you know, just died, and he's obviously got a solid reputation from every everyone. So it's it sticks out like a sore thumb, doesn't it, compared to those incarnations? In some of the scenes, the the scenes everyone talks about, not the brilliant scenes that you know we've touched upon, that are more like the traditional Fleming Bond. So I think it it's an easy, it's just easy to slate it. Because it, it puts himself up as a target more than the other films do.
5: You know, it's never going to be a Connery. It's never going to be you know those those that that run that he did those those first four or five films which are just you know miles away. But I do think this this is sort of cements more as his Bond. You know, the, and also not just in his performance, but the Bond films that that, that now the they, they weren't. You know, that the series. Doesn't necessarily have to end because we're not using the books anymore. we can use titles, we can use things, but we can come up with our own kind of stories, and I think this is where it does feel a bit more adventurous than than some of the others, particularly like compared to like living like that die. I think it is a bit more whether you would like that or not, it is more adventurous and bolder in its choices, but it's also the seventies and you know, and frankly, the seventies are quite ridiculous <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. I don't know about stats and what I've done voting and what buttons I've been pressing. You know. um, I tell but, you. <laughs> but I think... Oh, go on, go on. I'm sorry, Harry, but you had it ninth. Yeah, I do yes. think, though, I redid the list and it dropped down a little bit. Uh, sorry, you've got to take your first answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But i I'd, I'd really not bothered about those rankings much. Really. No, no, no. Just for reference. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's definitely interesting, but it doesn't tell you the full picture of how I feel about it. Ten hours I- might do, but... Um, like Chris has just mentioned in terms of the run of films and entering a new era like Stephen mentioned what you know Roger Moore was carrying on his shoulders and how he managed to make it his own and push the series forward in this new direction it just deserves so much credit because like you know I've mentioned before that I'm watching them I've been watching them in order and everything was so good about Sean Connery's era and I know there were occasional slumps, um, but really, you know, he was he was unbeatable. And obviously retrospectively, Lazenby's performance has shone, but they haven't they hadn't found a replacement. But like more in this. He's doing his own thing. I know I know that the the uh likeness is with Connery and trying to be serious, but I think I still think he makes a good debut in Live and Let Die. He um he tries out this darker side where he's more serious, more grumpy, but still has so much so much charm. And then to be opposite Christopher Lee um, is such a a thrill to see them separately and then together in the film. Every scene that they have and then every scene that they share is absolutely brilliant. Christopher Lee's an incredible villain and definitely top five. I'd have to see a list and probably think about that, but I'm pretty sure it'll be top five. It, It sort of brings me on to the the complicated thing about being a Bond fan, in terms of how you rate it, how you rank it, because I feel like, you know, through this podcast, I've been acknowledging faults and flaws and laughing them off, but if this were a Daniel Craig film, you know, I'd be acknowledging faults and flaws, but being cross and being angry. So I've got to kind of work out why it is that I'm more forgiving of this uh, than the than the, the, the current ones. And that, like Stephen said, you know, it's ups and downs, it's ups and downs in Man of the Golden Gun. And like John said very early on in the review, it's it's sort of making it up as it goes along. But there are these troughs where you know there are moments that are, are sticky and poorly written. But when you think back through this film, I think you can chronologically go from one great bit to another great bit to another great bit. You know, you'll you'll jump over a little bit, a little bit where there's something dodgy, but then there's another great bit coming up. And if you were to Put that on, a, on an afternoon or or on an evening. You'd always be looking forward to what's coming up. I think. I think you'd be always looking forward to the next ten minutes. The next ten minutes. There's always going to be something good in that ten minute period. There's never. There's not many any lulls at all. There are mistakes, but there aren't any lulls. It never slows down. Um, and that's. I think that's um, one of the differences between how I see how I am able to put up with this more than recent Bond films there are no lulls in this. It doesn't go downbeat. It doesn't slow down and lose track and lose, just lose the excitement. It keeps up the excitement. And, and the other thing that, that I, for me, is in the Man with the Golden Gun's favour um, compared to the, the recent ones. Where So what I'm saying is here is that there are criticisms for Golden Gun and the recent ones, but why I'm forgiving as well is Man with the Golden Gun, it's, it's, it stands out. It's it sticks sticks out in your memory. It stands out for occasionally the wrong reason, but I feel you've got to be you've got to acknowledge all the strengths of it. And one of those strengths is how like how ballsy it is, how unafraid it is to to go the places it goes, to be exotic, to be a little bit daft at times, but to do some incredibly new set pieces, some new ju- you know the jewel idea. I think it deserves an enormous amount of credit for being bold whereas the new ones i don't think are very bold at all um and i don't think they aim to last long in the memory i don't think they come up with ideas to to um excite audiences i think they they that whereas this could have done with more emphasis on story i think the new ones have put so much emphasis on deep dark story that they've lost the excitement it's the kind of polar opposites, and I'd lean closer to the man with the golden gun, basically. That's how I feel about approaching this film in the franchise.
2: I agree, Harry. I think how you say the, the, the sort of down bits in this compared to the down bits in, well, not, I won't say Casino Royale, but certainly Quantum of Solace and Spectre in particular, they're more faults almost with how you see Bond as a character sometimes, aren't they? You don't agree what, what he's doing, his motivations... The classic, you know, we'll keep. I'll keep mentioning the Matheson of Bins, the obvious one, but even the the fact that he's a reluctance, yeah, it's, it, that's more the portrayal, isn't it? So you can do a well written portrayal of that character, and technically that's not up for discussion whether or not it's it's bad or poorly made. Whereas the Man with the Golden Gun, the sl- the slips are silly stuff that are still fun. You know mm-hmm. what? Why get offended at it? some? You know, it's like J.W. Pepper. He might be totally what you don't want to see in a series. You know, if he popped up in Doctor No or From Rush With Love, of course it would be jarring. I mean, it would be stupid, wouldn't it? But popping up in this film, even though there are serious bits, just what? Why are you getting, getting so offended? Honestly, I just... It's its great. Even if you don't like it or do you disagree with it being there, you, you I having mean, a laugh. You Having a laugh that you're not having a laugh. You, you're watching him flip over... Arse in the air, Hawaiian t-shirts. Are you not, you're not laughing. You're you joking me, honestly. <laughs> Our perception of your branch is You're having a laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank, yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you. No, not yet. <laughs> like I can understand why you'd get offended at kung fu and that because it's it's totally silly in a way. But my memory of growing up as a watching James Bond films, that scene will be right up there. I will think, what's the James? What would James Bond do in that situation? Yeah, as the bearing he will kick him. That's yeah. part of. Well, it is. Yeah, that's like part of his character for me. That's Something that's I what I see he would a lot do.
6: now. Is I see a lot of criticisms, and I mean they're valid. Everyone's criticisms are valid, but criticisms of Bond films whenever he fails or when he doesn't achieve his mission or whatever, and I guess boring if he beats everyone up. If if he suddenly out out ninjas and ninjas. go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, yeah, if he suddenly t- beats a black belt in a karate <sighs> fight, I mean, you can't have him doing everything. That's just boring. I mean, he's he's an expert marksman. He's smart. He's resourceful. He's a good spy. He's basically a good all-rounder, and he's yeah. he's tough. But you can't just have him winning at everything. That's, it becomes meaningless if he mm. succeeds all the time in every film, at every mission. He's got to lose sometimes, And I suppose that's why I really like a lot of the scenes where the ally dies because you, you feel that Bond has lost something, even though he's yeah. just met them, like Saunders or Quarrel or, or whoever, even though it's a momentary glance at their body, but you feel that Bond feels he's let them down. And if yeah. he goes through every film without anyone dying, then th- there's no stakes. Mm. He has to lose yeah. and get beat Gibson! <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, yeah. he, he was, I'm sure you were in tears when Gibson was... You know, but we don't know who he is then, you know? Yes, I bet you did. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, Stephen. Before he robs him, it's quite a touching scene with Mathis dying on the floor. I will give it. I will give it that. And going back to the whole Bond isn't always an expert at everything. In Casino Real, when he's running up the crane with that guy, who's clearly far better at him than it than him, yeah. it's great to see him adapting to his environment, doing his best yeah. rather than just being stupidly brilliant at everything. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, there's not as much. I suppose Anders is the one, isn't it, in this film? The the real loss that Bond...
4: Yeah, he failed to save her.
2: He failed to save her, and that's cost her life. Yeah. And she was the whole point that he was there in the first place, of course, yeah. so...
4: Yeah, mm. she reached out to him to try and save yeah. her, and he failed. Tra- probably the most moving Bond film for me. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> it was a tragic, tragic Bond film. The most personal.
2: <laughs> most personal, yeah. This time it's
4: personal.
2: <laughs> to say with Moore's performance, like you said, Stephen, I think he... Oh, it was John said... He never really got much praise for his acting until recently. But if you think that some of the best scenes, particularly the end meal, if he's holding his own with Christopher Lee, and he is, he's not a bad actor, is he? Yeah.
6: Mm. Didn't he say himself, I've got two styles of acting, left eyebrow up, right eyebrow yes, yeah. Right, yeah. up.
2: That's always typical doing, of him, though, isn't he? He's always so himself
4: down. Yeah.
6: yeah.
2: yeah. It's it's what you want. It's just brilliant. Not the <laughs> Timothy Dalton Shakespearean. We love that too. <laughs>
6: Something for everyone. Yeah. yeah, there is absolutely, and it's a new something for everyone. Yes, yeah, with with more. Yeah, you've you've got me thinking though when you were talking about um, the the new films and something that I've long pondered for a while is in terms of Brosnan films and Craig films. So we'll just call that new Bond in general. I wonder if they're all a little bit guilty of looking back a little bit too much. Now, to that, What what I mean is. I can see it with Goldeneye. I can absolutely see why they thought, right, people didn't love License to Kill. We need to kind of hit the beats and we need to give them what they want and we need to tick the boxes and all that. So I think I get that with Goldeneye, but with like, Skyfall and Spectre and Tomorrow Never Dies and Die Another Day, I think there's a lot of times in these films where they're looking back and it's easy to look back at the films and say, well, Bond goes to different countries and Bond has gadgets and Bond has one-liners. But at the time... When these things were first introduced, they were introduced because they were new. Saltzman and Broccoli wanted to give the audience something they'd never seen before. Yeah. So I wonder if the best path forward now is for Wilson and Barbara Broccoli to say, right, we need to try and give audiences something new. Globetron isn't new anymore. Gadgets aren't new anymore. Everyone's got an iPhone. So as, as nice as it is to hark back to these things... I think you need to include them but also find a way of doing something that we haven't seen before because that's what Broccoli and Saltzman were all about. They put that car jump in The Man with the Golden Gun because they thought audiences will go mad for this. They've never seen that before. The damn jump in Golden, I'm sure that was included. I know that wasn't Cubby and Harry, but all the Bond films, you look back at something that was just, when you were a kid, you were like, wow, I've never seen that before. Yeah. That is cool. Where did that come from? Growing up, Bond introduced me to so many different things that I'd never seen or knew or had any idea about. And I think I think the franchise has lost that. Even in
2: this film you said Thai boxing, karate, people aren't really okay, they have seen it in the Bruce Lee, but kids haven't really been introduced
5: yeah, to it. the mainstream, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yes. And the Black exploitation of live and Let Die yeah. and you know, not not Star Wars, Wars but <laughs> people <laughs> seen Star Wars before they saw Moonrake. <laughs> Damn
6: it. Moonraker jumping out of a plane.
5: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, great, that's
6: incredible stuff. Baffled me watching that as a kid. I used to think <laughs> that's real. How, how is that working? How are they doing yeah, that? I just stop. could not get my head around it. So good. I think
2: that's getting a bit more love. Thankfully, recently I've heard a lot of love for that, which is great. I think, that,
7: I think the love for Moonraker is partially influenced by how serious the Cray films have come and people, and basically. I mean, it's all it? but we're, we're now yeah. 16, 15, 16 years into a Craig era, and we're still serious. And people want something a bit different now, just like when, they, you know, and I think that they look back at Moonrake and go, ah, we can sit back and kick back and enjoy this silliness now. And so the next time they'll probably go a bit silly. And then yeah. in 10, 15 years, someone will be asking them to go serious again. I think it's just, it's just yeah. tastes and trends, isn't it? Unfortunately.
2: And the longer it goes on, the more difficult it is to provide new directions and new angles on the same character and new locations. We said before, didn't
6: we? What's the best Bond film that balances the serious and the silly? Apart from Octopussy. Octopus <laughs> 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 is the answer to every question. No. That's true. Apart from Bosnia. Yeah. Same time six minutes. Six
2: minutes. Check.
7: I will go with "World is Not Enough." Um, oh, yeah, fair uh, share. well, there'll be a there'll be a podcast released very soon on it. But I think that my collapse It's out now, John. It's been out for months. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up all night. Um, I think my collapse it is he channels purvis and ways ticks in a way that makes it balances it a lot better. That's my thing. Some people think it clashes. Some people think that like the actual serious part and the silliness clash. For me, I I love it. But I'm a mm. 90s kid. I'm obsessed with it.
2: It's one of the last ones to actually introduce something pretty new in the female villain, isn't it?
4: Yeah, and. So it's the
2: first for a while.
4: The, the character motivations for Electra and stuff. You yeah. Know, yeah. And Renard, not just yeah. megalomaniacs, but
3: like personal and, you know, Renard doing it for love, really. Well, that's.
4: But it does
6: also
3: doesn't get criticised for being reactive to the Star Wars like moonraker does with the whole hologram of renard's head being the death star and <laughs> <laughs> jo- johns johns mate made it so don't have go yeah really that that was a, i i love that moment but you're the hearing I the just, reviews
2: I just, yeah just mate, there's,
3: there's some quick, serious quick
7: personal revelations in that
3: part yeah remote, really yeah. Yeah. I, i'm i really enjoyed listening to it yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: even though time to dive Watched it three times at
3: the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> That's unrealistic for different reasons.
6: It is, yeah. yeah. What would you say, Stephen? I, I don't know. I've, I've asked the question now. I'm scrambling. Octopussy is probably the the yeah the answer, isn't it? Silly and serious. Um, but with Octopussy is, is one of those films where I, I bet you guys have all got one or two where you feel defensive of the film, like you don't want to see people slagging Octopussy off because... <coughs> I really hate when you see, oh, it's the silly one where he in the clown outfit. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's no not. don't, don't. I mean, I, I know there's the scene with the crocodile and the Tarzan swing and the clown outfit. You can, you can just use them as easy punching points, punch, but. No one says but, the gorilla, bizarrely.
4: But the clown outfit, to me, <laughs> I don't better. categorize it as. I think the silly nah. thing is that he's able to get it, you know, get all the makeup on and stuff like that. But putting that aside, the juxtaposition of him being in that. You know, in that silly outfit, in the in the silly, while trying to you know locate this bomb and get past all these obstacles. Yeah. To, to, it's they knew what genius. they were doing when they
3: were. Genius! Yeah, I yeah, think, it's so. not a it's not a yeah, mistake I mean, that they had him in a clown mistake trying to stop a bomb. It's not a mistake. That, that's a very deliberate, incredible idea. It's
4: absolutely yeah, amazing. I, I find it weird that it gets lumped in with the. Uh, I, I can understand the Tarzan swing, the sit, face <laughs> hit, hit off, maybe, and uh, yeah.
2: Just an Bond. easy meme isn't it uh, you know Roger Moore in a clown suit no he was a silly Bond and it's too easy but I think most people who like Bond like James and those people who are sort of casual Bond fans they absolutely love Octopussy and The Man with the Golden the Gun they're easy to watch There's some you know this is cliche the Sunday afternoon ones aren't they most of them are you know I'd, I'd watch most of them yeah no Sky Falls
4: much, on no. uh, this Sunday yeah, yeah. evening on uh, ITV2 I think it's a very nice time yeah. for it, personally. Set to record, yeah. yeah. Skyfall is like that. Yeah, it is. But even,
2: even the, you know, the Connery's are for me. They're not so, they're more realistic, but they're not, more, they're not less fun for me. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Exhausted this, this uh, film. But yeah, thank you guys. It's been absolutely, I've absolutely loved it. I yeah. love the film. Yeah. I'm so glad that we've, brought attention to the the better points in it that I think it overlooked. Almost like it brought it down to the level that casual fans see it, which I think is held in much more esteem than The diehards. I think in the list, what was it? 20, 20th, I think it was in the recent Twitter poll of polls, which is probably, it's difficult to argue on some levels. When you take it on a personal level, it's just an unforgettable film for me, full of so many highs, so many iconic moments, music, sounds locations, performances. Oh, it's just brilliant. I love it. Thank you for... <sighs> Trawling? Just, no, well, <laughs> yeah, indulging me, indulging no, yeah. me no. with uh, the greatness of The Man the Gun, gun. I Gun.
3: Think, I, I think this is the perfect... Pl- I, I think the film actually suits the podcast, the podcast that we're sort of creating here perfectly in terms of faulted, fun. How do we think of it? It's such it's perfect for the for discussing this film. It's not straightforward at all uh, to discuss. There's loads to discuss. So, I've yeah. Brilliant. Yeah.
6: I totally worry about, just, just say when you guys do your License to Kill podcast, I'm not saying I'll, I would be on that. <laughs> that but, but just say I was on that, I would be dead worried beforehand about, you're just going to sit there and say, I love this scene for four hours. That's all I would do. <laughs> I love this yeah. scene. Yeah, be sure. Of I love <laughs> that <laughs> line. Yeah. Yeah.
7: <laughs> Nothing to discuss. We're thinking about having a live episode for the License to Kill, but
2: it might have to be a live tour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not wasting that film after all these months and years of doing this on oh, a few hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a semester. I'm like, we'll let's have a semester. Yeah, yeah it right. is. Yeah, yeah.
6: yeah, Twenty credit points for you. <laughs> yeah. Degree with Freshers Week to begin with. Have also, I'm not getting podcasts? anyone who hates it. So, have you seen these podcasts? There's one on um, Heat where they do yeah, yeah, episodes a minute of the film. Yeah. Yeah, one heat yeah, yeah, one heat
4: minute. Yeah, Chris in fact recommended it to me. I think I've listened to more of it than Chris. I've stopped listening to it. (laughs) It's quite, you know. I absolutely love that film, but yeah, you know, it's a really long film
6: as well. It's good, but too much.
4: Yeah. There's a lot of minutes in that film. And there's some minutes where not not an awful lot happens.
2: Anyone who's still listening now, though, they've passed that test. (laughs) 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 Thank you, guys. You know how I'm going to end this episode. It's, t- it's too easy, isn't it? And yeah. we can all say it at once. Yeah. Good night. Good night, uh, sir.
5: Oh, good night, sir.
2: John, were you expecting something else? I have a clue. I was going bye. Bottom's up. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very handsome man. Forty Man, he tore no, no J.W. Pepper in there. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> 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 the greatest hits of <laughs> The Man With The Golden Gun.
4: Soundboard.
2: Good night.
4: Really,
8: really the worst. worst.